G'day and welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO here at Next Gen Agri. I've worked in livestock research, farming and breeding for over 25 years. I've been very fortunate to see a lot of amazing places and meet a lot of wonderful people throughout that career. I'm reminded every day of just how awesome the livestock industry really is. It really is a great pleasure to bring you the stories and wisdom of the people in the industry via the Head Shepherd Podcast. This podcast is supported by our good friends at Allflex and MSD Animal Health, who are guided by the one mission of the science of healthy and productive animals. For these two companies now combined, they have one of the widest product portfolios in Australasia with a comprehensive lineup from the Cooper's range of animal health products through to the ID and monitoring solutions that, that Allflex are famous for. Their products are all backed up by their exceptional service, and we're thrilled to continue to have their support in bringing you this podcast each week. If I could ask a couple of small favours before we get underway this week, if you could rate this podcast in the app that you're listening to it in, that would be fantastic. Also, if you know someone that you think would enjoy what we do here, please share the show links with them. Finally, if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of livestock farming. We're setting up the Next Gen Agri Hub to be the home of livestock farming conversations. Check it out at thehub.nextgenagri.com. Okay, it's time for this week's guest. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. Welcome, James Lyons, our new recruit. Thanks, Ferg. Nice to be on. Yeah, awesome. Uh, obviously, only uh, maybe nine days into the job, so fairly, fairly fresh, uh, fresh next in agri recruit. But awesome to have you on, and uh, yeah, keen just to, I guess, explore a bit of your background and let the listeners know a bit about uh, how you ended up working in a in a livestock advisor position with us. But I guess we might start with um, growing up. Obviously, Gum Hill Merino. A lot of South Australians will know that, but. International listeners probably won't, but uh, yeah, Merino started there in in the mid north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grew up classical, probably mixed farming enterprise in the mid north of South Australia. So obviously got the pole Merino start and run a few cattle and do some cropping, which is primarily just cereal crops and just growing enough feed to, to keep the sheep full, I guess, during the dry times. Um, so yeah, growing up was really cool. Had dad and my grandfather and my great grandfather in the class and race. That's how I spent most of my young days. So um, and then in more recent years had yeah. Um, Bit of an active role on farm helping out. Yeah, that's that's working quite well, being at uni and things like that. Um, but yeah, I grew up in a nice part of the world. Not that I'm a bias at all. <laughs> Excellent. The uh, cattle in in that environment would be pretty they'd get pretty hungry at times of the year, do they? Yeah, well look, uh, they, they certainly don't get prioritized, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, given the current prices, we wish we had a few more of them. But um so that's a couple of dry years of twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen and offload a fair few but they they go traditionally in a grazing unarable country which is predominantly just native grasses and sort of hilly stuff yeah right excellent what what breed are they uh they're south devons and there's a few angus running around as well in there so yeah yeah, yeah right cool yeah so yeah pretty similar well, i didn't know we didn't grow up in the marina stuff but similar sort of environment we grew up wheat sheep belt sort of um which is i guess pretty pretty common across australia pretty um a uh, bit of an interesting year for a lot of those a lot of those people listening. There'll be a lot of people sitting on headers. I think this one will be out just between New Year's and uh, Christmas and New Year's, and so there'll be a lot of people still trying to trying to get their gear out of bogs and and get some harvest off. It's been a pretty tough year there. Yeah, well, I suspect that if that's the timing of it, they'll uh, we'll probably just be getting into the header. Um, it's been a um, it's been an interesting year across most of SA, particularly yeah in in the wheat sheep belts on the Air Peninsula. They've had a pretty decent year. York Peninsula in the mid north and the Mallee, southeast, pretty dry through autumn and winter, and then it sort of started raining in August and, and hasn't stopped. So 
that's presented a few different issues um, in the cropping game and lots of balers getting bogged and going down around the place, but even particularly for livestock production as well. Obviously, a wet year presents a whole different challenge compared to a dry one. Yeah, that's a great point. We often, well, we spend most of our lives wishing for rain, I suppose, as, as farmers and those in the industry. But yeah, I've had this chat a few times that it's actually sometimes it's a lot tougher to be farming in the wet than it is in the in the in the dry they, they say there's money in mud but there's certainly plenty of frustration in mud <laughs> yeah no, that's exactly right so obviously um out of off the farm and into into adelaide to to study ag science there at, at adelaide uni yeah yep so after i finished school actually had a gap year off and um 2018 so yeah just spent a bit of time working at home on the farm and then went over and did a jackaroo course um in the river arena of new south Wales, based out at hay so hay inc which was a great time. And then after that, so 12 months, earned some money and um, decided, to, yeah, it was a pretty logical step to go to Adelaide Uni and do a Bachelor of Ag Science. Um, and then that transitioned quite nicely this year into doing my honours based at Roseworthy Campus with uh, Wayne Pitchford and Michelle Haber, who are my supervisors, and really specialising this year in livestock production, whereas the general ag degree is very much probably focused towards your mixed farming, but very much dry land agronomy sort of cropping systems. Um, which is good to get a perspective on that and see how it all works together. But particularly this year with my honours, I was keen to, to hone right in and specialise in, in livestock production. So, yeah, good couple of years there. Kept me busy, that's for sure. Yeah, excellent. I think uh, we probably suffered the same cons or same problem when I was at uh, Ag Science at Melbourne. But, yeah, lots of dairy and cropping and other stuff and, and uh, yeah, pretty, pretty keen to get into some extensive livestock stuff, which we sort of did. Towards the end of that course, but uh, yeah, obviously those those courses are have to cover for all areas, and yeah, it's great to great to do your honours in something you're passionate about. So that was in sort of genetics and genomics of of merinos. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. So this year it was really um, just starting or implementing a genomics program um, in like a stud context. So that was actually yeah, we at home at Gum Hill there. So it was um, it was interesting. They never you know working with family and then working with academics and researchers and um, trying to pull it all together and just get a foundation laid down for using genomics, um, genomic selection in the, the stud breeding program. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly set you well up for the new role. And, uh, yeah, there's – so I guess maybe you want to, yeah, just, I guess, walk us through maybe your findings out of the out of the PhD or sort of, yeah, the kind of the things that you learnt as you uh, – not the PhD, through the honours that, that you learnt. Yeah, I wish it was a PhD. That, that sounded a bit fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Still time. Yeah, well, no, um, so what we did is pretty much um, started with a with a database and the, most of the most of the sheep in the population had had lots of yearling measures done or sort of those measures around 10 to 15 months of age. So we had a yearling weight and then we had greasy fleece weight and micron and staple length and all those sort of um, wool-type measures. Obviously, being a merino stud, we've been bias towards more wool production so all our measured data was was that way leaning um and so just starting off with getting all that all that data that's been collected of in the population pulling it together so even five and a half year old ewes we had their data from when they were measured at you know 12 months of age or whatever so we had quite a large phenotype database to work with and then going out and matching that and um like matching those historical records with current animals that we were genotyping so february march i pretty much Spent a couple of weeks with a lot of helpers and uh, a lot of technology just collecting DNA samples on all the ewes that we had that have scanned inland. 
Um, and so that was then going to give us parentage for the first time because we syndicate mate um, our rams in a pretty we're pretty commercial in the way we operate. We um, didn't have any direct line pedigree or parentage known, um, and that obviously has an influence on quite a few factors when you're trying to estimate genetic parameters. So we um, genotyped all the ewes in February and March and then genotyped all the sale rams um, in April, and they also had a heap of wool and growth data measured of them through that time as they were coming up to being a year old. And then so combined that all and got through the statistics of it and so we, we had the actual measured data and then we had the genetic data that came back, like the genotype data that came back um, on the 50K SNP, meshed it all together and then spat out um, genomic enhanced breeding values and then using that information because we had a couple of generations recorded, not direct known generations, but we had different age groups of animals, we could then look at some heritability estimates and we could look at some genetic correlations between the traits we'd measured. Yeah, cool. So very, yeah. You couldn't ask for a better background, really, in in, uh, in genetics to, to have to do all that and sort of understand how all that works together. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a daunting task at the start of the year, but and I would have done honours regardless of whether I had this family project involved um, and they probably would have jumped on board or they would have jumped on board and gone down the genetics path even if I wasn't involved, but it lined up nicely and the, the opportunity presented to work with Adelaide Uni and I wanted to always do honours to specialise and hone in on my livestock um knowledge and i always probably want to do something genetic so i guess yeah one of those opportunities where there were winners all around and it lined up nicely yeah excellent so you would have uh that would have forced you into a fair few excel skills that that you that you uh, had to had to learn and massage that that data i guess yeah a lot of people out there listening are probably could be in a similar boat where they've captured lots of information and in various forms and but aren't probably utilizing it as best they could and sometimes that's if they're stud breeders, then genomics might be the answer, or others, it's just just pulling that phenotypic data together and just analysing and, and seeing seeing which ewes have been performing. But um, yeah, I'm sure you're that's helped a few Excel skills. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't want to don't want to shit on anyone here, but yeah, I had, I had spreadsheets from Dad and my uncle that went back to sort of 2013, 2012, and uh, they were in all different. Each year, I think the Excel spreadsheets were almost a different format. Um, <laughs> And the same sort of thing, they had all this information and they had it parked away and they'd used it in selection for that year, but then it just sort of sipped away and they don't know what to do with it next. So it's been really good <laughs> to work out. Yeah, just getting some really nailing those sort of early things. So even just with the EIDs, just making sure you've got, um, yeah, just writing down the lifetime traits, I guess, or the things that aren't going to change. So actually what age the animal is, which sort of new mob it was born into, um, yeah, what its visual ID is, like that sort of stuff. And then also going back and, and using the EID to find the measured data and uh, Excel, yeah, I'm not sure it's my friend, but <laughs> I've, I've, I've been pragmatic and found a way to use it and I understand, like, it was, yeah, it's certainly, um, it's user-friendly to an extent, but still at the same time, bloody frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the good thing about Excel, you know there's always a way to, to do something, but it doesn't mean you actually know how to how to do it. So, I'm... Oh, the, the amount of times I was on YouTube listening to some, some video that shows you how to join merge files or whatever. And my supervisors were great in helping me as well. But yeah, buddy, it's um it's a bit it's a bit tough, but there's certainly yeah, it's it's easy to read instruction on how to use Excel, but until you're playing around with it, I think yeah, you don't probably know what you're doing all that much. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're well overdue for a um sort of basics of Excel course on the hub, which we've been we've been saying we're gonna do for a long time and we're we've got quite a few people keen on that. So we'll uh, we'll do that in the year year and for uh, our members to yeah, because there is a couple of key things which make pulling data, pulling those spreadsheets 
together and having a quick look uh, a whole lot easier than uh, if you know a few few tricks. So we'll definitely definitely get that done. But yeah, no, there'll be great value in that. I think. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of people obviously just would prefer to chuck it to us rather than <laughs> rather than have to do it themselves, and that's that's what we're here for. But also, some people like to get enabled as well. So it's um, I know we've got some clients like. Charlie Douglas Clifford is probably listening to this mowing his lawn as he normally does, but um, yeah, he he can make Excel sing better than better than most. But then you got we got the full spectrum, I suppose, out there. Some people don't want to don't want to even look at it. But excellent. So you're um, based in Mount Gambier these days, and uh, and yeah, obviously hitting just just hitting the ground for us, and um, yeah, I guess looking to service our clients in sort of Western Victoria, South Australia and uh, into WA. Uh, and, yeah, I guess as we as people start to work out where you are, we'll, we'll get a few new ones as the plan. Yeah, well, keen to get started and, yeah, just at Mount Gambier initially with a mate, but hoping to get a bit more centralised, probably Narracourt Way or something like that if I can sort of centralise myself in the southeast. So I'm still a good drive to, to most places um, in Western Vic and SA at least. Um, and then, yeah, keen to jump over. I've been doing a bit of work with Georgia Pugh, um, already which has been great to, to get an idea of what's happening in WA and get over there at some stage in the new year and meet up with clients there so yeah really really keen to get started I only handed up my honours oh, about two and a half weeks ago or something like that so it's been all go but it's uh it, it couldn't be it couldn't be better timing because I feel like I'm just transitioning from one lot of genetic talk to going and sitting in the car with someone like Henry who's so passionate about it I'm I'm, uh, I'm keeping on the right on the right track <laughs> yeah excellent and uh yeah now it's good good time where we a little bit a little bit relaxed while people get on their headers and stuff, but um, yeah, it'll be obviously we're just cranking up in New Zealand, so we're keen to get you over here as well. But uh, and see a bit of see a bit of this side of the this side of the ditch. The um, back or earlier in the in the year, you were fortunate to win the Young Merino Breeders Scholarship. Just tell us a little bit about what what that'll mean next year and sort of what that's about. Yeah, yeah, no, I was very, and I'm, I'm very fortunate too. It's an inaugural sort of program that's aimed at getting young people in industry, um, just giving them a whole, I guess, a whole of supply chain look at, at the sheep industry and probably particularly, yeah, it's, it's tailored towards the merino industry obviously, but um, it's been set up uh, by the New South Wales Stud Breeders Association, Merino Stud Breeders Association, and it's they went to Hay Inc., which is the, the Jackaroo Rural Education um, Program out of Hay, and they've done a great job for 10 years or so now. And training jackaroos and things and obviously because I'd have participated in that in 2018 I was sort of one of the 100 alumni that were on the list and the association said to Hayink well let's see if we can channel a few of the young people you've had come through that have shown interest and let's get them on a heap of experiences and opportunities throughout industry um, which is a fantastic idea and I'm keen to get involved there'll be a bit of sheep classing involved with an AWI sheep classer there'll be a bit of time um, going through wool stores and, and wool processing and seeing how that works There'll be a bit of time um, potentially on yeah, some stud work and then also trying to dip the toe into understanding some, some research as well. Um, so it's pretty complementary to obviously uh, this new role I'm in but also where my interest has been the last sort of four or five years as well. So I'm absolutely thrilled. Yeah, excellent. And, yeah, obviously we'll fit that within within the uh, first six months of the gig, which would be, which be great to get those different perspectives and, yeah, rather than just listen to what, what we think, make sure it's a good rounded, uh, rounded background and how the industry ticks over, which is obviously a, <laughs> it's probably a pretty broad church. The whole whole sheep breeding game, particularly merino breeding, and uh, yeah, it'd be good to good to get all that that background and um and yeah, go go forward from there. Yeah, no, that that's right. Um, I'm uh, I'm keen to get involved. It's, it's a pretty exciting opportunity to 
go and meet with some different um, parts and parts of industry and different professions and hear some yeah, different backgrounds, as you say. And I'm, um, yeah, it's a pretty exciting opportunity to look forward to the next sort of six months or so and think that every week there's going to be something pretty exciting happening. So, um, yeah, that no, should be good. Yeah, and I guess um, as we've, uh, Next Gen's been, been a partner with the T90 program and Thrive Agri doing a great job of, of leading that, that program funded by MLA and we're really uh, keen to get you trained up to start delivering groups, particularly um, the U Potential uh, module, which is which is all around improving, or well, I guess our selection decisions around the use that we keep on farm, and so that that's something you'll be uh, getting your teeth into in early in twenty twenty three, as well as other modules for for T ninety. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to be involved with T ninety. I've been following the, the progression of it as it goes along, just on the social socials and things, and the maximising U potential uh, module in particular um, excites me. But yeah, it's really nice the idea of having ten modules, and you can sort of Tailor your, tailor your journey with T90 as to what you're involved in and what you get out of it. And I'm looking forward to being able to work with, yes, like a, a pretty small group of producers. I think there's only five, is it five or six? What's the? In yeah, the- so there's uh, small groups, I think four or five or six or something in the teams, which is um, yeah, quite a small group. And then the, um, the exchange is where you've got one producer making the change or making sort of the focus of the group and then a, a larger number, sort of 10 pluses. As those are observing what's what's happening in a sort of what if people understand the PDS type type model, but yeah, I mean we're, what we've shown for years now, I suppose, is that those small groups is how you really get great traction with with farmers or all adults really, all us adult learners like to like to experience with others and sort of learn with others and and have that opportunity to bounce ideas off each other and and the teams are are great for that where each of you on each uh, farm is is making a change and. And supported by the by the uh, by the trainer, which in this case would be you, and um, and then the exchanges are where you've got yeah one person making some change, and again that 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 trainer or consultant in there helping helping to go uh, helping sort of navigate the the materials, but um, but then uh, yeah a range of others watching on. So yeah, a range of different ways to get involved in the in in T ninety or in these modules, and yeah, I think maximising your potential is uh, was. I wrote the modules. So I'm going to going to give it a plug, but um, the uh, yeah, I think it's yeah for those people who are sort of I guess out there that are kind of want to want to make the right decisions around the use they're they're maintaining, and a lot of people sort of feel like they're they're doing something. But when I ask them the question, are they are they making genetic gain? I don't get many people who put their hands up really high in the air. There's a few people that do in a in a room, but often we've got people that sort of might half put a hand up or just fold their arms and look at me. Um, and yeah, and I think I guess what we're all about at, at Next in Agri is helping people to be certain around their genetic decisions, and that's um, I think maximising your potential module will be an awesome um, uh, bit of a awesome window into that, and get get some get some of those practices on farm, and then yeah, and just start utilising some. And and I guess the beauty about these things is you can kind of tailor it to your circumstances, not. While they are, there's modules to follow through, but obviously every every farm's different, and it, and that's the beauty of small group type stuff. It's it can be tailored a bit and um, to to fit the material within your enterprise. So yeah, it's a great opportunity, and um, yeah, we're really looking forward to to getting it cranked away. There'll be also a, a focus farm opportunity over at not too far away from where you are at Tim Lemmings. Uh, I think that's in in February or early March is when that'll be. 
that'll be running as one as well as one up at Pole and one over in at Clayton South in WA. So yeah, they're they're going to be good events to really kick kick T ninety away as well as I know this group's already running and, and hopefully we'll be running a few shortly as well. Yeah, no, that'll be that'll be fantastic. Berg. I'm I'm keen keen as for that. Uh, as a being, I think that will be good and the concept of it's really sound and as you said, like it's a good good model to learn in. Um, and hopefully really build some networks too um, with, with other producers. Yeah, no, exactly. But, yeah, no, it's been great to have a, a chat. We really are thrilled to have you have you on board with uh, your background and passion. It's, yeah, you're pretty much tailor-made for the job. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to 2023, hitting it out of the park. with, And it's great to have some boots on the ground there in South Australia. Yeah, no, awesome. Th- thanks for that, Ferg. I'm really keen to, to meet uh, all the, all the ne- next gen uh, network and to, to build upon that and get out and about in industry and say good day. So that's it's fantastic. It's exciting times. Cheers, mate. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for listening to the Head Shepherd podcast. If you enjoy listening in each week, please take a moment to subscribe or even give us a review. That'd be fantastic. And if you do get a moment to share it with your networks, we'd also love that so that we can share these great stories with more people. Thanks again to our friends at Allflex for sponsoring this episode. Allflex are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries. Combined now with MSD Animal Health, they offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios, focused on animal health and management, all backed up by that exceptional service. We really do enjoy our long-term association with Allflex and thank them very much for, for again supporting us with bringing this podcast to you.